Hey everyone, it's Mickey here for another edition of Mini Wikipedia Mondays. So, today I'm tackling the subject of food tracking and using food tracking apps and who might benefit and why they might benefit and also just some super simple how to get started and this has come about because of course with my bone injury one of the things which I'm trying to keep on top of is my calorie intake and nutrients to support that of course protein being the major one even with that said, obviously tracking your food can be super helpful to be able to do that. But I know that a lot of people find tracking their food can be confronting because suddenly there is no hiding from the habits and behaviors that we can really easily avoid thinking about or be distracted away from if we don't really take much notice. And given that we make approximately 250 food decisions in a day and we're only conscious of about 10 to 15% of them. I think it's telling that a lot of people don't really love the idea of tracking their food. And it seems a little bit obsessive to some people. Too much information, an overwhelming database to choose your foods from. There are so many reasons why people try to avoid it, yet it can be such a useful thing to do. In fact, it is probably one of the most valuable tools that we have at our disposal for understanding what's stopping you from meeting your nutrition-related goals. And interestingly, when research studies ask people to track their food after estimating their intakes, the discrepancy can be as much as 47%. And particularly in studies of people where they've done this, they've also found, in fact, that, that people tend to overestimate their energy expenditure also. So you can see why not having an idea of what you're doing can really lead you astray with regards to nutrition-related goals. But as I mentioned, some people argue that closely monitoring your food intake does border on obsession and has the potential to cause disordered eating behaviours. However, that's an unlikely proposition given that an eating disorder is a much more deeply rooted psychological problem and is unlikely to be triggered by monitoring food by someone who is not otherwise at risk of developing an eating disorder. Similarly, studies looking at diet monitoring and disordered eating have also found somewhat innocuous outcomes. Of course, weighing measuring and calculating food choices can play into already existing unhealthy habits around food. The act itself though isn't the problem. And for most of us what gets measured gets monitored and the value of keeping a food diary allows us the opportunity to get information necessary to inform our choices. Particularly as a nutritionist when I ask a client to keep a food diary in part it is because it's an accountability thing. It keeps them accountable to the process of choosing foods that align with the strategies that we've come up with. But it's more an accountability tool for them. Like I am only really interested in the food diary if things aren't going right. If I speak to someone and everything is going swimmingly, all of the issues in and around their nutrition that they came to me with in the first place are being managed and are improving, then I'm less likely to ask them to see their food diary because it's the outcome that's important. 
However, for the client, it's the process of that, which is really key. And if things aren't going right, it is important for me to see what is going on so I can give some really good feedback and advice based on actually what's going in. It doesn't have to be confronting though. It is just data and we don't have to get emotionally attached to it. It's like the scales really, isn't it? The food, the, the scales we weigh ourselves on. It doesn't have to be stressful. So many people tell me they get triggered by this type of information. And of course, I can't tell you how to think and feel. I can, however, remind you that it is in your power to change that. You write the script on that one. And if this is something that could help you overcome a hurdle, then it could well be worth talking on. Remember, so often our behaviors are dictated by the stories that we tell ourselves as opposed to the other way around. So let your behaviors and your actions dictate the stories that we tell ourselves about ourselves. And remember, the important thing with food tracking isn't necessarily to rigidly hit your macronutrient targets, i.e. your protein, carbohydrate, fat and calories 100% of the time at a 100%. It's to provide insight into what you are doing so we can then make changes based on that. And you can use it to determine whether you need to adjust your calories up, down or stay the same to meet your nutrition and body composition goals. It's a really good idea to sort of think about some of those portions of foods which we often estimate, as mentioned in at the top of the mini episode, people underestimate the food that they actually eat. And these types of foods are things that we commonly have all of the time. Cereal can be underestimated by up to 280%, and even more so depending on the size of the bowl that people use. Foods like peanut butter, mayonnaise, butter, olive oil, and other liquid oils, cheese, and nuts, these are nutrient dense so they have good quality types will always have really good nutrients in them but they are energy dense as well they're predominantly a fat-based food which has more calories per gram than protein or carbohydrate and we just don't realize how many calories we end up eating i can't tell you how disappointed i was to weigh out a serve of peanut butter and realize it was just over a teaspoon's worth of peanut butter, particularly the crunchy stuff, the really delicious stuff. Whereas what I thought was a serve was actually close to three times the amount that was listed on the back of the jar of peanut butter. And of course, it doesn't matter how much you have. What matters is that you know how much you're having and that you are accounting for that amount. And then things are completely transparent and you know what's going on. A cup or half a cup of roasted cashews, for example, which are pretty easy to eat, end up being around 370 calories. That's the amount of almost a meal for some people. And some of these foods tend to also be hyperpalatable, which means we eat more of them because they are so delicious, consuming a significant number of additional calories. And as I said, peanut butter by the spoonful um, is a really good example of this. Nuts, super easy to grab a handful and then grab another handful because a miserly 8 to 12 almonds, which I actually used to recommend people have as a snack before I clued into the idea that snacks weren't a great idea, um, uh, is a pitiful amount to have if someone's feeling hungry. And ultra-processed food in general has been found to contribute to significantly more calories per day in excess of 500 calories compared to minimally processed or even processed food. 
we just overeat it and we are much more likely to underestimate the amount that we eat. And that ultra-processed food is definitely a topic for another day. It's related to tracking, but it is a bit of a, of a tangent. And of course, the opposite is also true. I've just sort of described some of the reasons how we can underestimate the amount of calories that we eat, but as someone who naturally undereats or has instilled the habit of undereating in my adult life after being overweight as a teenager, tracking my calories has really opened my eyes to what I need on a day-to-day -day basis and how I can go about meeting those requirements. It has allowed me more freedom in my food choices and over the last four to five years I have been way more relaxed in general about foods that I eat as I'm just not so over obsessive now that they are higher in calorie or contain too many carbohydrates or too much fat or the like. Of course, I absolutely know what's going in, but if I was left to my own devices, I would absolutely be under-eating. Right now, as I said with my bone injury, we do need around, or I need, around 20 to 25% more calories over and above my BMR to help support the healing process. And this is despite my activity level being way down. So certainly my non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which makes up a big chunk of my usual energy expenditure, um, that has definitely decreased because I just can't move as much. Having targets for me around my calories and my protein has made me very diligent about eating enough for the end game. And that end game is getting back to full health and fitness. Lack of calories would be a surefire way to prolong the healing process, which is not at all helpful for me, particularly in my mid-40s. But if left to my natural inclination or my very well ingrained inclination, then I would be very likely to undereat across the board. And it really is easy to do this when we fill up on real whole food with plenty of fiber. And I am someone who loves a lot of volume and over the years has taught myself to get that volume from low energy foods such as vegetables and fiber. So you can feel relatively satisfied on a lot less calories. And hey, it is not just me, and I think you know this, and in fact I got a message from someone just today after sending out my email related to this topic saying that that's exactly them as well, that they've found it's been super helpful to track their calories to see in front of them that they are under eating. And what I will also add is that your body is really adaptive and responsive to what you put in it, and certainly I've not noticed no change in the scales with not running and that's a super surprise to me and I'm diligently eating the calories that I need so it's not just a given that you get injured you're going to gain weight so you may as well really scale back the calories and be really obsessive about that but again I can't tell you what to do but I'm just telling you my experience Many athletes may fall into this category, as I was saying, and they too would benefit from ensuring they are taking on board enough nutrients to support their training, thus a period of time monitoring them so they can become familiar with the amounts that they need can be really helpful, particularly if you are someone who is injury prone or experiences hormone challenges or issues or sleep related disturbances or anything that might indicate overreaching or a or low energy availability. 
And it might seem odd that a nutritionist would need the support um, and that I would have revelations about my own intake. But, and I was chatting to my business coach, Jill, about this. And when we trained and when I went through, the focus really wasn't on macronutrient targets. You know, at Otago, we trained, it was food groups, food portions, eyeballing and using your hands as portion guidelines. Macro counting has been well dulled in in the physique space for decades. It's a requirement of that sport. But only more recently, with the emergence of macro coaches and the like, it has um, sort of really blossomed into almost this everyday thing in some circles, which I find really interesting. So where to start? Pretty simply, you can use either a food tracking app such as MyFitnessPal, Easy Diet Diary, Chronometer, Fat Secret, and an article that will be listed with the blog post that is attached to this podcast uh, really lists some of the most popular ones and their pros and cons. So start with a food tracking app and weigh and measure your food for seven days. Don't place any judgment on this. It isn't measuring your worth as a person. It is merely providing data to then determine what happens next. And it certainly is worth measuring using kitchen scales and good ones as well they're really cheap go to briscoe's get some if you simultaneously also weigh yourself during this time you'll get a picture of whether what you are eating is also allowing you to maintain your weight or whether you are losing weight or gaining it again this does require discipline and time however if this goal is worth it to you then that shouldn't be any great hardship with regards to tracking a note, you want to be consistent regardless. There are some things which I just never track, like my New Zest Good Green Vitality Powder or my Essential Amino Acids drink. Certainly, they will be contributing calories to my diet, but as I've consistently never tracked them, it's obviously not making a difference to anything. Whatever you do, you want to be consistent. The same thing with whether or not you measure food raw weight or cooked weight, because foods like vegetables and animal protein and fish, they have a lot of water content in them that is obviously uh, changed when you cook the food. So again, whatever you do, you want to be consistent. And to be particular, you want to know about the amount of fat you're using as cooking, what's in different recipes, how much of anything you're having, and to be really particular, you want to be mindful of bites and licks and sips and tastes that you might have while you're preparing your food because it all counts. If you are trying to hit particular targets when you've got this information, this will tell you how close or otherwise you are. And if you're hitting your targets and not seeing the results you expected, then something is amiss either with your intake target, i.e. you've set your calories too high, or you're just not active enough and your expenditure is well low. And you can make adjustments to enable you to create a deficit if that is what you are after. Of course, as mentioned, it's not all about fat loss, but I know many of us come to tracking for that purpose. And you don't need to use a food app. You can certainly use this, doing this using an Excel spreadsheet, a journal or a Word document. You have to be meticulous, however, when you do this also, because then from that information, you can work with a practitioner to help 
you decide where to make adjustments if required. And you're doing it and ideally you do it in real time also. Whilst obviously it doesn't give you those uh, quantities of protein, carbohydrates and fat that you might get from a tracking device, it does highlight highlight key behaviors and habits that might be contributing to unintended calories. And that's where the real gold sort of lies because often these are things that we just don't remember unless we're well dialed in and focused and hey if even the the act of keeping a food diary allows you to see this in real time and make adjustments to your diet so it might not necessarily be a reflection of what you were doing but it can help you achieve what you want to do well that's just a bonus as well isn't it and finally, I'll tell you that I've been using Carbon Diet Coach for um, as long as it's been out, actually. Um, and that would be close to three and a bit years or three years now. And it can be a real game changer if you're someone that is interested in body composition and understanding your requirements for, your, for the amount of uh, exercise and calories that you expend too. And that is a paid app. Many of the ones I mentioned were free. Uh, however, it can uh, really help with giving you confidence in what you're doing in and around your food. And a final note, my fitness pal might be one of the most popular ones, but it is a sort of an open source one. So you do have to be careful when you're using foods in there that you are consistent with what you use and that what people have inputted isn't some sort of like random number for example I've seen broccoli listed in my fitness pal with a cup of broccoli being you know 20 grams of protein 40 grams of carbohydrate and I will tell you right now that is incorrect so uh, do be mindful of that I do also like easy diet diary for Australia New Zealand or chronometer is another excellent one also all right team so that is a tracking I hope that that um, gives you some insight into how I'm using it for me and how you may use it for your clients or with people that you work with and can I just remind you that Mondays Matter is open for registration until the end of this week Friday get in people for Mondays Matter Shreduary edition no counting calories though I've done the hard yards for you there you just need to follow the food plan and all the guidelines that I suggest and honestly it is gonna be a winner and we also have the expertise of Darren on board as mentioned last week to aid you with your strength and conditioning goals and I think that's pretty exciting because you know how I feel about strength training and before I wrap up just like to remind you that the best way to support this podcast is to hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast listening platform that increases the visibility of Wikipedia in amongst the thousands of other podcasts out there which benefits the podcast obviously and of course new people who can have access to this information hey leave a five-star review I'd totally appreciate it all right team till next time find me over on Facebook at Mickey Willardin Nutrition over on Instagram and Twitter at Mickey Willardin. Head to my website, mickeywillardin.com. Sign up to Monday's Matter. We kick off Monday 6th of Feb. See you later.